Well, I hope you've got <clears throat> some <clears throat> good times afterwards here as well. And this really isn't like any other day of the year, you know. <clears throat> and even as um, as I try to prepare, I so let's ask the question: Why are we here? Well, it's my church. Yeah, there you go. Some you were invited, some you, you know, you're here, and for all kinds of reasons, some you're not sure, maybe you got coerced, free dinner afterwards, right? Uh, you had drug here. You know what? Do you think that by chance, God might want to speak to you while you're here? Yes. Regardless of, <laughs> I've had those situations myself. But ultimately, the reason we're here is because of the man on the middle cross. His name was Jesus. And uh, the more you look at, as I've already kind of alluded to, Jesus' life, ministry, his arrest, his manner of death, his resurrection, and all these things were just countless number of Prophecies given centuries before, even even Psalm twenty one is, and and then also in Isaiah prophesying about his crucifixion, centuries before crucifixion was even uh, invented by the Romans. So much thing. He, when, some have said when Jesus hung on that cross, he fulfilled about thirty three prophecies just in that moment. That he is the authentic, he's an authentic, he's a verifiable, um, recorded person in, in ancient history. Be it secular, be it biblical, be it religious, but, but um, uh, non-biblical literature, Jesus' life and ministry, his existence is, is, a, is a fact of history. Even the dates on our, when you write your check, those who, if you still write a check, we put a date somewhere, it, it, it's the world counts their days from the approximate time they believe Jesus died or was born. There's nobody else. We don't count our days from Muhammad or from Buddha or name, name your, your favorite thing, or that, but only from Jesus. We don't worship a fairy tale, right? It's fun to have the Easter money, but he's not real. I'm sorry, I hope I didn't shatter anybody's Easter. You know, I'm sorry, Pastor Ross got shot. We better not talk about Santa Claus then either. Um, or the, the, tooth, the tooth fairy. But you understand, if you understand things about cultures that, that the, the West, uh, Western cultures like the United States, Canada... Uh, most of all of Europe, uh, Australia, there's a Western mindset that values human knowledge and science uh, and discredits anything supernatural of any sense. That's just for the ignorant people. That's for the dumb people. That's for the insecure. They need something to hold on to. But we have matured and, and we are smart. We are the Grecian. It's actually from Greece, uh, the Grecian uh, culture mindset that we have. And so it's, it's hard for us in a natural sense growing up in a Western nation like this to embrace the reality of the supernatural. And so it's easier for us to put Christmas and Easter in the fairy tale part 
when actually it is authentically verify that this Jesus is real. Jesus is, is as much a real person as Julius Caesar was, as Alexander the Great was, as Martin Luther was. Any, any person in all the great pharaohs and, and that built the pyramids, he is, was just as real, he is just as real as any of them uh, ever were, that he truly did, that the history shows that he did not just live, but he taught, he had followers, some loved him, some hate him, he, he did miracles, he did incredible things that nobody else had done, um, and eventually was, uh, got a false indictment, oh, I'm sorry, um, he got arrested, falsely, falsely accused, I'm just trying to keep you awake, and then was, uh, an illegal trial, a bunch of false witnesses. Listen, fake news didn't just start a few years ago. And corrupt leaders who want their way will do anything they can to do it has always been around. They succeeded in killing him, crucifying him, but he rose from the dead. Amen? Even the resurrection, I'll say it again. The resurrection is the most verifiable fact of everything about Jesus. And um, for those who want to take the time to consider and understand, Christianity itself lives or dies on the basis of the resurrection. Not Christmas, not a stable, not even the miracles he did, but on the resurrection. And I'm happy to tell you he really did arise from the dead. So why does it matter? You know, just we just need to be assured that number one, that we really do worship and serve a true and living God. John the Baptist said this uh, one day in John chapter one. He uh, was there with some of his disciples, and he sees Jesus coming along and just catch the moment, and he says, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." That is what Easter is about. That's what the resurrection day, as sometimes we call it, is all about. That, that all the sin that brought the wrath and judgment of God has been removed through Christ. Amen? That, that all the things that would enslave us and beat us down and, and drag us into a, a very unpleasant eternity can be lifted off of us and we can know new life in Christ. Amen? That, that those things that it tell you, that, 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 that read the record of your past, maybe your present, and say, you are nothing, God the Father says to you, you are worth everything to me, that your self-worth is tied up in the worth of my Son, which was everything of his life given for you. Um, and therefore, we can be forgiven. We can be free children of God. Amen? The world is going to continue on with whatever it is. And it's kind of frustrating right now, isn't it? I'd like to have a little more control over some things. I'm sure, sure you feel the same way. Same, how about even with your own thoughts in your own life? At times, sometimes you, you get pretty upset with yourself maybe, huh? Yeah. Jesus said, these things are going to happen, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He says, difficult times are going to come, but I have overcome it all. And he's there with us. Amen? I think especially the, the story of the resurrection really shows the power of Christ overall. And this is, and I have since, for some time now, especially since the beginning of the year, felt how important it is that if, if you 
know Jesus, that you and I get so overwhelmed with the reality of his power to overcome all things in this life, that that needs to grip and just be permeated in the very core of who we are as we look at this world. That's not going to make things go away. We, we have to face the reality of what's going on. I believe we need to stand up for some things that, that people are afraid to. If anybody, if there's any institution in America that should stand up and boldly shout for righteousness and truth, it should be the church. And not be afraid to be called some political hack or something. No, this is righteousness versus wickedness. This is about morality and immorality. This is about our children's innocence and their identity and even their souls. Amen? And no better place to see that the power of, 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 of God and and of Christ over all things than in this resurrection story. You know, they gathered uh, that night. It was probably the third, at least the third, if not the fourth time, they'd had a um, Passover dinner meal with, with Jesus. And this was a, a very, the high point of all, that was their Christmas in a way, uh, their Easter, if you, in other words, for the Jewish people. And, um, and yet, Jesus... Uh, chose to uh, kind of mess up the atmosphere when he said, <clears throat> one of you around this table is going to betray me. Talk about a downer. This is supposed to be a good time. And what? And you could say, when you didn't think it could get worse, it just kept getting worse. From, it started to go downhill from there. As they be, no, no, I, I, is it me? Is it me? And, and, and then they said, I'll never, I'll never... Um, betray you, and on and on it goes. And we think about time earlier uh, that Jesus had spoken, uh, actually multiple times leading up to then, where he had said to to uh, his disciples, "Well, I'm going to be wick- handed over to wicked men, be crucified, and then I'm going to rise again after three days." Well, they never heard that last part, and they got all upset with Jesus. Peter even at one time says, "No, that'll never happen to you." And, he, and, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, because you don't have in mind the things of God, just the things of men. You don't understand this, these kind of things. And, and uh, um, that had to be troubling. And then to top it off that night, um, as, as they are trying to figure out what, who's, who's the traitor at the table and, and wonder if it's them. And, man, I thought I knew him. And, and all these things going on. Then uh, Peter turns to him. And says, oh, even if everybody turns away from you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand for you. And then Jesus had to ruin the mood. And he said, before the crow, the rooster crows twice, you're going to just own me three times. And he said, never. And then all the rest of the, all the, rest of the disciples, did I just turn that thing off? Okay. Oh, there we go. I did it. Figured it out. But all the other disciples go, well, well, no, not to be outdone by Peter. Well, we're not. We'll, we'll die with you too. And on and on it went. And, and then at some point they, they head out to the garden. They can, they can tell there's something different about Jesus on this Passover. Something he's, he's clearly troubled, um, deeply troubled. He even expresses that to them as they head out to the garden. And then he tells them, you guys wait here. I'm going to go off to pray. It was late. They had a pretty busy week, if you look at the scripture. Um, 
and the 11 that were left because Judas was now gone. Jesus, after giving him some of the bread dipped in the wine, gave it to him and said, now go, whatever you, what, what you have to do, go do it quickly. And they, they didn't, I thought, wow, is he going to go get some food for the poor or something? They didn't figure it out. But now Judas wasn't there, and the 11 of them went with Jesus out to the garden. And, and, um, and so they, they, they stay where they are at. They see Jesus go about a stone's throw away. And even though he was over there, they could, they could hear the groaning. They had to be able to hear the anguish in, in his voice. They probably couldn't hear the words necessarily. I don't know, but. But they couldn't stay awake. They were so tired, they kept falling asleep. And all of a sudden, they get nudged on the side. Are you asleep? Wake up! The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he goes back and he prays again. Comes back, same thing. Goes and prays again, comes back. And I don't know if he kicked him in the side or what he did. But he says, get up. My, my accuser is here. And all of a sudden, in this quiet garden of Gethsemane, comes this mob. They have torches, they have swords, and they have spears, they have all kinds of these weapons. And so they're coming after some insurrectionists, right? And then they notice in, in the kind of, of course it's dark, but they could, the person leading them is that Judas guy. And he comes up to Jesus and with a traditional Jewish greeting. He, he gives them a kiss like on the cheek type of thing. Identifying to the rest of the crowd who it was that they, were, they needed to arrest. And um, all of a sudden, Peter gets a little surge. And he proves what a terrible swordsman he is. Chops off the ear. That's the best he could do of, of, of uh, the, high pri- the servant, I think, of the high priest, uh, Malchus. And to, Jesus, put that away. I'm here for this reason. He gets down. I don't know if he had to pick an ear up off the ground. Whatever he did, he healed it. And then Jesus turns to them and says, Okay, it's me you want. Let them go. And by that point, uh, I think some of them had started heading out uh, of the eleven. Uh, but somebody in the crowd decided, we're not going to let them get away. And they go, there's one guy uh, taken off and he grabs, he can't quite get him, but he gets his, his, robe, his robe, but come to find out that's all he had on, and uh, comes off in his hands. And the perfect picture of, of where the disciples were at at that moment, these scared little plucked chickens running for their lives. These ones who just, moments ago in some ways had said that they would die for Jesus. Nobody's going to betray you. I'm, I'm, I'm the one. What's they had to be thinking, what is happening? I, I don't under, this is not part of the script. In synagogue, we were told the Messiah comes, kicks the, the Roman king of the Jews off his throne and he becomes king, sets up David's throne, and we become a nation again. This does not make sense. Not to mention the shame and embarrassment they're now having to walk through the, of how they just lied to Jesus by the, how they responded according to what they said. The shock, the unbelief. 
So they didn't, most of the disciples probably didn't go too far. They just got far enough away so they couldn't be seen. And they, they could see by the, I'm sure that the, the torches that they had and stuff, where the crowd was going. And they just kind of kept going. They saw they headed up in Jerusalem and then went into the courtyard of the temple. And John was known by, by the gatekeeper there. At the, and so he went right in. And then Peter was kind of lagging behind him. And, and John goes, oh, he's with, he's with me. You know, and so John goes in, and um, and uh, um, they come in there, and they can see that that Jesus is. Well, let's just say, you know, when when you didn't think it'd get worse, uh, it does, because now they see Jesus is in the middle of this crowd, probably chains on him, pushing. You got you got. An out of control, power hungry religious leaders and political folks. The religious political folks were the same for for the for for Israel. And if that wasn't bad enough to see this thing unfolding as they were throwing these false accusations against Jesus, for Peter, this silly little servant girl had to open her mouth. Aren't you one of his disciples too? No way, Jose. <laughs> Not on your life. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he just kind of moves out of, away from her. And, and just not too much later, another girl goes, wait a minute, wait. I think I saw you out there. And again, no, 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 no. You, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. It's dark. You, I never met the man. And then he comes over by the fire And then some of the men are sitting, sitting, others going like, "No, you are one. You are. You're a Galilean. Your your accent gives you away." And the Bible said that Peter began to call down curses on himself. If I'm telling, if I if I'm if I know him, you know, I I promise I don't know him. If if I'm lying, then make curses. All I mean, whatever did he went to the ex, the the ultimate extreme, and all of a sudden. He had missed the first one, but then all of a sudden he hears the rooster crowing, and he knows that's the second time. And in that room, in that courtyard, because he could see Jesus, all of a sudden Jesus' face turns to him, and they lock eyes. One of those moments. Peter was undone. He might as well have been as naked as that Probably John Mark ran off and they grabbed his, his robe and running off in the garden. But he was totally exposed. The Bible says he ran off weeping and broken. What's going on? Then as night moved into early morning, it was inevitable. This stuff, this is going downhill and going downhill fast. I don't understand. And then they see the crowds have been, Jesus before Pilate, and then the crowd shouting, crucify, crucify. And what are you talking about? Then they let a real insurrectionist and a murderer, Barabbas, he's released. His felonies reduced to a misdemeanor and he's pardoned. And no bail. And yet Jesus ends up being brutally beaten. We know what they did. They, he, Pilate sent them off to the Roman guards and they, 
they would take a crown of thorns and they put it on his head and they used the rods to beat it onto his head and then they threw a robe over him and then they took their, their rods and they smacked him across the face. Says, prophesy, who hit you? And they did that over and over again and then afterwards they took that off and then they took him, stretched him out over maybe a, a stone or something and they took out the, 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 the whips, the, fog, the cat of nine tails and they proceeded to rip his back into pieces and beat him and then sent him back to Pilate and then the crowd wasn't happy, they weren't satisfied, crucify him. And so Pilate had one last chance. A message came from his wife. She sent this message, don't have anything to do with this Nazarene. I have suffered greatly in a nightmare, really, which is, I had a nightmare about I don't have anything to do with him. And sadly, he didn't listen to his wife. And imagine yourself, you follow this Jesus, this Messiah. You've seen him do things nobody else has ever done. Healings, raising people from the dead, not just, a, not just a few. In fact, there are so many things he did. John, the Apostle John said, if they were all written down, that the, the world couldn't contain the books that would be written of what Jesus did. They'd seen this stuff, and it, it, nothing made any sense here. Why do wicked people always end up winning? Do you ever feel that way? And then there he was, carrying his own cross. At least he carried it until he couldn't carry it any farther. Then there was an Ethiopian named Ethiopian named Simon of Cyrene. He was in the you could say the wrong place at the wrong time. Happened to be coming in Jerusalem just as Jesus is coming out and he and the weight of the cross, but really the brutal torture his body had suffered the the shock he was no doubt going in and the blood loss and the dehydration and um and, and all that the, no sleep and all this stuff because now it was daytime and he's carrying his cross he falls and then he can't do anymore and and one of the roman guards says you carry his cross and what it might have seen initially as a burden what an honor Simon and Cyrene had. And for those who really want to look at skin color, you, you want to know that God gave this honor to a black man. Not as slave, but as his honored servant to carry the cross of Jesus the rest of the way. You know what else is interesting too? Who were the first ones Jesus honored to be able to see his resurrected body. Women. You lucky women. <laughs> and then as he gets, gets there, they put the cross on the ground, and they lay Jesus out on there. Of course, it's his, on this rough wood in his back can imagine just that. And then they hear him crying out in, in cr- sh- shouts of anguish as they drive the nails right through here, right by the nerve. On each 
and then they put the, the, the feet side by side and through the, one, one through the ankles. And they lift the cross up with ropes until it right in front of the hole. And then when it finally gets high enough, it drops in the hole. And you can imagine what went through his, Jesus' body. just a matter of time. It's now just a matter of time. He's going to die. Like that. Things just falling apart. If you were one of his disciples, whether you're one of the 12 or, or the group, many that followed him, it's all falling apart. But Jesus is on that cross saying, this is all falling into place. Three hours from nine to about noon, he hangs there and suffers, and all three of them, of course, the thief on each side. And then at noon, darkness comes over the whole earth, the sun, the sun that he created could not look on him anymore in this injustice done to the Son of God. And then it finally happens about three in the afternoon. It says in Matthew 27, he cried out in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. The Bible says that at that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. This was the place in the temple, if you're not familiar, it's just a long rectangular inside uh, inside of it, um, the holy place where the, 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 the priests come every day throughout the day and making new bread and keeping the lamps going. There's incense being offered on the, on the altar of incense in front of a, a very gigantic and very elaborate, heavy, it's hard to, hard to even call it a curtain. But in that moment, behind that is with the presence of God. That's where the high priest could only go once a year with the blood of the Passover lamb to pay for the sins of the nation for that year. Nobody could else go back there, and that thing gets torn from the top to the bottom. And also, you, you imagine, it's Passover, you know, getting ready, and, and the priests are in, they go like, what happened? What just, everybody can get in there now, and everybody can get in the presence of God now. The, the curtain's gone. They didn't realize what good news that was, did they? But on top of that, Matthew says that the, the earth shook and even rocks split and graves of righteous people broke open and they came out, came to life again. And he even says that after Jesus rose and dead, some of them went into town and appeared to people. <laughs> My goodness. The death grip was broken even as Jesus died on that cross. One bright spot there on the hill, we call Golgotha. The centurion who was overseeing this whole thing and was cheering on the, as they beat him and, and cheering them on. And when he saw how, it says, as he saw Jesus die and how he died and all these things that happened around him, he said, surely this man was the son of God. A bit too late. Well, maybe not. So what did he cry? What did he cry? That loud voice. Uh, two things. 
One, be father, into your hands I commit my spirit. This was the very last thing he said. I say there's two last things as he cried out. But Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The Romans did not kill him. Crucifixion did not kill him. He gave his life. He, it was always on his terms. In other words, I, I, I give my life when I'm ready. And he did so at that moment. And he did so freely. But there's another account. Uh, in John chapter 19, starting in verse 28, he says, this is the very end, later, knowing that all was now accomplished, and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A, war, a jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. And they confirmed that he was dead by the spear that went in his side as blood and water flowed out. Clearly, he was dead. That's why they didn't break his legs. The time was getting short. Sabbath, uh, the, 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 the Sabbath was about to start, and so they had to hurry on their death. Broke the legs of the two thieves on each side, but when they came to Jesus, he, they did this and they didn't and so forth. But the bottom thing is to stop Wait, say, wait a minute. What did he say? He said, it is finished. But they didn't hear three words like we do. They heard one word. And I want you to learn Greek today. I want you to learn this word. Tetelestai. I want you to say it with me. Tetelestai. Tetelestai. It, Jesus said one thing. He said, Tetelestai. It is finished. It's very important. And uh, Dr. Richard Pritchard, Ray Pritchard, I just give him some, some credit here, but... He says that this word, tetelestai, comes from the word teleo, which means to bring to an end, to complete, to accomplish. It's a crucial word. It signifies the end to, to a particular course of action you set out to do and then you finish it. It's the same word you would use when you, once you reach the peak of Mount Rainier, like our oldest son Jeremy did. It's, it's, the, it's the word you use when you turn in your final paper of your final course. When I finished my master's degree, what a good feeling that was. I gave my final paper of my final course, and all of a sudden I had that degree, and that was mine forever. Tetelestai. It's the same word you use when you put your final payment on your car. May God enable you to do that quicker than, than you can expect if you've got one of those. How about, let's just go all the way. How about mortgage? Amen? But when you get there, you say, Tetelestai, I'm done. It's like finishing that 10K walk, the 10K run. Well, for me, it'd be a walk, you know. Tetelestai, we made it. It's more than just saying, I survived. It means I did exactly what I set out to do. I fulfilled it all. But like the commercial says, wait, there's more, right? As Dr. Pritchard points out and others, this tetelestai is in the perfect tense, 
not the past tense in Greek. And I was terrible at English, so. But those of you who are, you understand the past tense would simply be something that points that happened back then. That's the past tense. But the perfect tense says that happened and the, event, the benefits and the effects of that continue on and on today and continue on into the future. In one word, the gospel. It is finished. Jesus was saying it was finished in the past. It is still finished in the future and it will, be, it will remain finished in the future. See, like I said, like the disciples, to them, they, it didn't look like that at all. Everything's falling apart, but Jesus is there. Everything has fallen into place. Mission accomplished. Note also, Jesus didn't say, I am finished. Right? He said, it is finished. This shout of victory, to die. It wasn't like, oh, it is finished. That's not what Jesus said. It was victorious shout. And now, Father, into, my, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he was gone. Can you uh, accommodate me a little bit? A little imagination? I believe those words began to shake the foundations of darkness. You understand the devil is not all-knowing. He is not everywhere present. He cannot be like God. He is not all-powerful. He, he, people try to portray the devil as the, the dark side of, of God, the light side, like the, like the Star Wars force, and that's, 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 not, that's not even close. But I, I just began imagining maybe what happened in, in the devil's headquarters. Can you, can, can you imagine all of a sudden... Wait, they, they, they heard that. He said, it is, he said, tetelestai. And one turned, did you, did you hear what he said? He said, tetelestai. He said, it is finished. Why didn't he, he's supposed to say, these are the demons talking. He's supposed to say, I'm finished. And then they go up to the boss, says, sir, uh, did you know tetelestai? It means, I know what it means, the devil says, you imbecile. No, 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 no. And another one says, hey, no, wait a minute. Another demon said, no, it was our plans to put him on the cross. What do you mean? Another one says, well, it's our idea. We, we, we deceived those humans. Man, Judas, he was right in there with us. Of course, we had the Pharisees and Sadducees for quite a while already. And Pilate was just a nobody. It, this was our plan. This is our victory. But now something seems, seems amiss here. He said to Telestai. And then one of those annoying minion demons who, who always has to speak up at the inappropriate times in hell or wherever they are, he says, a, a boss. <clears throat> Is it possible that we've been played? <laughs> Is it possible Jesus actually used us to accomplish his plan? And that, it, 
In other words, said, you mean we thought our plans were, were succeeding, but he was actually, we were playing right into his plans, his ultimate purpose? And somebody, did, don't tell me we helped him save mankind. <laughs> My other one said, I get this feeling we've been made a public spectacle, a public spectacle of I. Father, the boss, tell us, did we just help Jesus and the Father save mankind? So that's enough. He probably said, go off and pester some pigs. <laughs> Sorry. I'm imagining. Just bear with me. But as Jesus made that shout of victory to Telestai, there was no weakness, there was no anguish in his voice as far as weariness and he was defeated. He has won and has canceled that which was a condemnation that was upon us has been canceled by paying the price as our substitute. Can somebody say amen to that? Colossians 2.13, beginning there, he says, when you were dead, look farther, God made you alive. Right? He forgave us all. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins, having canceled the written code with its regulation that was against us and stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to to the cross, having disarmed the powers and authorities. There they are. (laughs) He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Oh, my goodness. What a victory has been won. What an incredible victory has been won. You no longer can be kept separated from God. You don't have to be separate for, separate from God. Nothing can keep you away from Him. If you come to Him with all your heart, He's right there. Some have said God is about as far away as a prayer. Amen? Or your knees to the ground, whatever it might be. That judgment has been meted out for the things that you and I have done or we failed to do. The punishment required by the law has been fulfilled and now we have our, the way back to God has been opened. That curtain has been torn. And yes, we can go into that place, uh, the holy of holies, the place where God is. Amen? And now that tetelicide is finished. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? That's true for every, every one of us in this place. That's right. And out the door. That's right. One final point I want to make. I want to just show. Um, I'm we can all have our times where you just feel like you've messed up so much. Right? And you can't get beyond things. And you're just like, it's not for me. I don't know. It can't save me. I've messed up too much. Well, the thief on the cross can help. I want to use the thief on the cross, the one, one of them, to mess up that thinking. 
that you are as deserving and worthy in God's lo- because God's love for you of mercy and forgiveness as anybody in this room. Remember the, the lead up to this little short little clip I'm going to show you here. I had recorded it on my phone. That's the only way I could get it. So that's what that is. That's my phone. Um, but you know, there the two thieves. One gospel says that both thieves were were shouting insults at Jesus. If you're if you're the Messiah, save yourself and us. And maybe they both did sort of. But at least at one point, one of them realized maybe when it got dark, <laughs> and they began to see. One of them was convicted. He said to the other one, "How can you say that?" We deserve what we're getting. And in that, he's confessing his sin. We deserve exactly what we're getting. But this man has done nothing to deserve it. And that's when he turned to Jesus and said, Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And you know what Jesus said? I want you to see this this clip. Make sure there's a volume. Is a volume on? Okay? Because it goes quick. All right? Think about the thief on the cross. I can't, I, I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you were, you, were, you, were, you were cussing the guy out with your friend. You'd never been in a Bible study. You'd never got baptized. You, ne- you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and yet, you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because I, I don't know. Well, you know, we, uh, uh, did you, <laughs> excuse me, let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor, Ranger. So, we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you, are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? I said, I never heard of it in my life. And, and what about, uh, let's just go to the doctrine of Scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually in frustration, he says, on, on what basis are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. Now, now, that's the, that is the only answer. That is the only answer. Hallelujah. The man on the middle cross said I could come. And the man on the middle cross says you can come too. We stand. We get in our way so much. We think our sin and our life or our history is so messed up. And Jesus says, I want you with me in paradise. And we prepare to play a song. And I just want to say, what a great day this would be for us. If you're a follower of Jesus, and I think most, pretty much, pretty most all of you, if not all of you, are that maybe we could just say, thank that middle guy, the guy on the middle cross. Yeah. And just, just reaffirm and rededicate ourselves to the purposes of God in this day. 
And I'd open this altar if you'd like to just find a place up here. And if you, we can come and pray with you as well. But, that, but if you recognize today that you even more so, that you recognize you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to get things right with you and God. And then today is your day. You're here because he's calling to you. He loves you. He's brought you here. And just like any, anybody, any of us, all of us here would, would want to just say, Father, I just want to recommit myself to you. You can say, Father, I give my life for you. I give myself. I confess my sin. I'm aware, I certainly am aware that I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I give you my life. And if that's your desire, I open these altars. Go ahead and, you know, if you want to just play that song. And I just, here's my heart, Lord. And can we just we make it a tangible? Like somebody else. We come to him like we are. And a lot of times that means that I start my prayer time with, God, just show me my heart. Show me where I am. Those are good words. God, show me truth about myself. So I know how to follow you. Sing this prayer with us. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Sing that again. Here's my heart. Here's my heart, Lord. Can you pray that to him? Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak truth, Lord. Speak what is true. I am found. I am yours. I am loved. I'm made pure. Whatever decision, commitment you've made this morning. Your Father is embracing you for that. And He has promised to be with you. Whatever, whatever life is, He's always with you. Because of tetelestai. It is finished. And the power of His victory is yours today and will be with you for the rest of your life. We thank you, God. We thank you that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we are more than conquerors through Christ who, who has risen and, uh, from the dead, Lord. We just thank you, God. And I just, I just pray for the, 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 the peace and the presence of God upon your people in this place, in their homes, Father God, that this marks a, a turning point for some and a greater encouragement, encouragement for others, Lord, in Jesus' name, that we'll see breakthroughs, we're going to see deliverances, we're going to see healings, we're going to, we're going to see prodigals come back, Lord, we're going to see hearts renewed, marriages and families restored because of you, Lord God, not because of what, regardless of what's happened around us, in fact, God, you want to use the stuff going on around us to draw us to you so your power and might can be manifested in, our, in, in your church, in your people in this day. And so, Father, as we sang earlier, do what you want to. 
We make the room for you in our lives. That you might get glory out of our lives, out of our families, out of this time. In Jesus' wonderful, victorious name, every said, Amen. 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 If you if you want prayer for some yes. It says, I love I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplication, because he hath inclined his ear to me, therefore will I call to him as long as I live. The sorrows of death encompass me, and the pains of hell uh, has no hold on me. I found trouble and sorrow. I call to the Lord, and the Lord, and I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low, but he helped me. Return to, to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath that bountifully with me. And, um, and that's a great psalm. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, but uh, um, uh, Psalm 116. And uh, God is good. Amen. 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 Amen.